get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks And we will eat on, eat on the weekly dish Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese today. Hi, friends. Good morning. We have a couple callers who were so lovely to hang on over the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So we're going to get to those guys first. So we're going to talk to Kate. Kate, you have a question or you have a comment about gluten-free pumpkin pancakes? Ooh, what do you got? Well, I made gluten-free pumpkin pancakes for the first time, and I used um, about a quarter cup of pumpkin and a cup of almond flour. I was following a recipe. And it had an egg, an egg white, and a little bit of almond milk. And they came out, the batter was super thick, dense, wet. Yeah. And when I tried to fry it, they like slid around on the pan and they never crisped or they were just like almost like mashed potatoes um, consistency. Okay, I've made help for you. Oh, you do? Yeah, I already have help. I'm so happy to be able to provide help for you on this. (laughs) Okay, here's the problem. When you're using all almond flour or if you're using all coconut flour, it's going to turn out super dense like that and not light and fluffy. Okay, so what you need to do is you need to go to a blog called Cookie and Kate. Cookie. I know that blog. Okay. She's amazing. Cookie and she Kate is. is fantastic. And the reason why it's so great is because she uses lots of like a couple different types of flour in a lot of them okay. or she's using oat flour. So she has a gluten free pumpkin pancake recipe that has oat flour in it. That's wonderful. So they're called pumpkin oat pancakes from Cookie and Kate. And the other thing, her whole wheat pumpkin pancakes, I've made gluten-free just by using naturally gluten-free flour. One that I found that's so great to substitute is mm-hmm. chickpea flour. Oh, if you yeah. make mm-hmm. pancakes with chickpea flour, it's they're super light and chickpea flour almost has the same consistency as uh whole as like whole wheat pastry whole wheat. flour. Okay. okay. So, so 100% chickpea flour? Chickpea flour, yeah. Chickpea flour. Chickpea yeah, flour. Okay. You right. can do it. Yep. And you can also I really do find that when you're doing gluten-free or you're using alternatives to, to wheat flour, a combo of flours is important. So if you could do like okay. half oat flour, half chickpea flour, you're going to okay. end up with a better situation than just the plain, yes. <laughs> like yes. the plain almond. And almond flour and coconut flour, if a recipe ever calls a baked recipe for all almond or all coconut, yeah. it's going to yeah. be dense as heck. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> right. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks. I can't wait to try it. All Thank right. you. Good luck, Kate. Post Ridiculous. a picture. Let us know how they yeah, go. I guess. All right, we also have Kim, who is hanging on the line. Kim, what's your question today? Hi, I was given a bag of about five pounds of large button mushrooms. And I want to know what I can do with them, because I love them. I put them in the freezer, so. Okay. They're frozen right now? Yes. Okay, frozen mushrooms. Is that good or no? Did you cut them up when you froze them, or just whole? Just whole. Okay, so you might you might have some mushroom mushroom balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I get it. I you know, I would say then I mean, you've got to cook them. Yeah. And if you and I think the best thing to probably do before you froze them would have been to chop them up and then freeze them on a sheet pan. Flat. Yeah. And then 
scoop them up and put them in a bag so that you could use them in like a soup or you could use them in a sauce or something like that. I don't know how they will do. I've never had mushrooms in the freezer, so I have no idea how they're going to react when they come out. If they're button mushrooms. They're button, that's pretty good. They're pretty sturdy. They're not too... F- they're, they're large, yes. Okay. I mean, for me, I I honestly would just saute them in a ton of butter and thyme. Thyme, yeah. Thyme and butter for mush- butters or for buttons are so beautiful. But then I would also then chop... I would saute them and then throw them into kind of a, a soup and make a mushroom bisque. You know, with a little bit of cream in there, too. So good. That's delicious. The other thing I love to do with mushrooms is I do, um, so I will make chicken thighs that you can either roast in the oven or pan fry the chicken thighs bone in with skin on. Mm -hmm. And then I take the chicken thighs out of the pan and then make like a little mushroom sauce. So I do a bunch of mushrooms and then thyme and garlic and cook that all together add like a little bit of dijon mustard mix that in and then turn the heat down to low and add some heavy cream and just stir it all together and then spoon that sauce over chicken thighs or you can spoon it over pork chops oh yeah pork chops would be great you'll cry it's kind of like a marsala yeah a little bit of that kind of idea but without like the marsala wine you kind of just get like the hit of the the acid from the dijon mustard which is really good so and what about the what about if I made a huge thing of mushroom soup? Yeah, yeah, do you it. could do that too. I think that would probably be the safest. That might bet. save. Yeah, that might save any sort of uh, consistency issues you have with the freezing. You know, just because they're so porous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know how yeah. necessarily that's gonna un. And I don't know how like there's a lot of water in them. Yeah. So give it a try. Just yeah. what, I mean, what's the worst that happens with a pot of soup? I right. Mean, there you go. There it is. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Oh, these are fun. These I know are good this questions is good today. Stuff. I like it. What's second hour? Oh my god. Well, it's time for top two in hour two. Hit it. Giving the old one two. One two one two. And now the weekly dish presents top two. Top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In hour two. All right. Give me two. With it. With it. Okay. So this is the time of the show, you guys. That we talk about. Two things that we are kind of obsessed with or mildly thinking about a lot this week. So do you want to go first for your first one? Sure, I can give you one. Okay, okay. Well, these both were things I discovered on Twin Cities Live this week. We had a really good eating week per huge on uh-huh. that show um, and a good drinking week. So have you heard of Simeon Priest and his equal parts cocktail company truck? I'm sure yes, you have, Stephanie have. March, of he course. He was at our Taste of the Nation Share a Strength event. So. Simeon is a really great bartender. I encountered him first at In Bloom and um, had when Jay and I went on a date night there and sat at the bar and happened to have him as our bartender and we just had the most lovely time with him and then when he popped into the studio the other day I was like I know you how do we know you you? and I then specifically remembered him from that dinner and he has created something called the equal parts cocktail company truck so it is a converted horse trailer it's like this shiny black horse trailer with this gorgeous wood countertop that is fantastic and you can rent it so essentially you call him up you say i'm having a party i'm having an event he can come to your front yard he can come anywhere and he will set up and have a conversation with you about what kind of event you're having you buy all the booze, yep. so you don't pay a markup on the booze. Mm-mm. He will guide you on how much to buy based on what you're making. He said he recommends like one to two signature cocktails that you'd have in an event like that. And then he'll be there making your guests feel so special 
and serving up these fabulous cocktails. He made a grapefruit gimlet and a breakfast old fashioned, which oh. had a coffee bean tincture and maple syrup in it in the old fashioned. And they were outstanding. And so I'm just obsessing over this horse trailer turned cocktail truck and trying to figure out how it can just follow me. You just need to have like, you're like, what kind of an event can I throw so that I can have him parked there? And it could just be Friday dinner. I mean, you know, right. (laughs) So fun. It's called equal parts cocktail company truck. And I'm Mm -hmm. just loving these like very specific cocktail trucks that you can hire to come to different events and just light up the party. Like the tiny tap Prosecco truck, which is also, I mean, like, I think also we've, we've gotten so used to food trucks that, like this stretch to the next thing of the drink trucks is great. I know. I mean, think about it. You don't want to be making cocktails at your party anyway. Super luxurious to hire yeah. a bartender for any. And, you know, if you hire a bartender for your party at your house, it's really not that cost prohibitive. You're already buying the booze. You pay them for their time think to come it. over. Yeah. And then you don't mix drinks. And how much fun? How does that like elevate the your fun holiday quotient. party? Yeah, the fun huge. quotient in your party is huge because it is basically like allowing people to have an expert helping them. Yeah. It's like having a chef cook your food. You know, know what I mean? Like it's so, it's that important, but I would almost rather like cook the food for a party right. myself yeah. and have, and then hire in and the then bartender. Have someone do that. So fun. 100%. Yeah. Really, really fun. Okay. So my first one is going to be, um, I had a friend bring me a little sip of something and I kind of can't stop thinking about it. What is it? And it's called blueberry mellow mel. Mellow mel. Are you ready for this? I have no idea what it is. I know. Yeah. And I was thinking that you would appreciate this Great. because so urban forage Winery and Cider House is a winery and cidery in the city. What? Yes. They are a winery and a cidery in the city, and they are local. And what they do is they make uh, cider, mead, and wine in small batches from locally sourced fruit, flowers, and honey. They capture... Like fruit from people's trees that don't want it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, oh think about you and your cherry tree or right. whatever. But like, let's pretend you're like, you know what? I just I have this apple tree and I just I can't pick them and I can't care about them, but I hate them on my ground. Yeah, they will come and there. There's different they people who them. do this and they come and they grab them. Right. So brilliant. I know. So they have this little tap room on East Lake Street. Pardon me. And they are making some really interesting wines and stuff. And I wanted, and so a friend of mine had a bottle and she get, kind of gave me a sip of this. She's like, you have to try it. I feel like you're going to love it. And it's called a blueberry melomel. And it's basically mead. And you guys remember me talking about mead, which is brewed honey beer. I'm down with mead. Fermented honey. Yeah, it's great. And so it's fermented honey with blueberry wine. Wow. I know. So it's warm, sweet, like a burgundy to plum color. And it's got, um, God, it's just kind of zippy. It's got like a beautiful softness. But, you know, blueberries are not super sweet. No, they're not. That's what the best part for me is. Because yeah, it's great. I don't want a sugar bomb in my face. Plus, but they're such a pretty color. Oh, they're so pretty. Yeah. But so it's really, it's just beautiful. And I just think that you can go and you can buy a bottle of it there. You can go and get a flight of things. You can get dandelion wine there. Great. I know. Think about that. Nobody, like, you can't find dandelion wine anywhere. No. And people love to talk about it because of the 70s. Dandelions are healthy for you, too. <laughs> and they are, yeah, right? Yeah, they really are. And there's also, a, they have a cherry melomel, which is, has the tart cherry juice. Okay, this is the first time I've ever heard of melomel, which makes me think of gargamel from I the know. Smurfs, <laughs> which immediately makes me oh delighted. So, I know. Oh, really fun. Here's me with the cherry melomel with the tart cherry wine. I'm like, oh, so it's anti-inflammatory. Oh, I that's love it. That's great. Okay, that's really great at Urban Forage. Totally yeah. going there. And I kind of want you guys to think about it in terms of like, maybe you are thinking about getting a couple bottles for your Thanksgiving table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is a perfect, this is talk about your local table 
Not much more local than the stuff that was just found around town. Oh, that's so good. Okay, what's your second one? Okay, real quick, I have a recipe that I think you definitely need to make this weekend. It's so easy, and it's this wild rice salad with sweet tango apples. You could use any apple that you're getting at the orchard. Yes. Um, but Lori Kroll from Golden Fig in St. Paul made this on Twin Cities Live this week. Could not stop eating it. It's Oof. just cooked wild rice. Yeah. Apple, dried cherries, some herbs, toasted pecans, and some chef. Super simple with this delicious cider vinaigrette. But it's a salad with no greens in it. Right, Just the herbs. Mm -hmm. She used parsley and basil. So a great way to just like grab them out of your garden and just use a ton of it in the salad. Perfect. And this was one of those things that Steve and I could not stop eating. Like we just, we were fighting over the bowl and just shoveling bites in because it just tasted so satisfying. So we'll link up the recipe for you. We will do that one too. And my last one just quickly, because we got to go is Welsh cakes. I made Welsh cakes because last year I was in Wales at this time and I'm having all of these memories and going through photos and being like, God, that was so great. But here's the deal. They're kind of like in between a, like a shortbread and like they're like a cookie but also a cake you make them wow. on your skillet your cast iron skillet on your stovetop also sort of like an english muffin kind of like a pancake but a kind of like an english, but you use but here's the deal i'm messing with the recipe right now you guys so i'm going to post it when i get it right but i've been making them like three or four times so welsh cakes welsh cakes that's Good what i'm telling stuff. you i know all right we're gonna take a quick break you guys when we come back we are actually going to talk about these Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for hanging with us today. Um, if you miss any of our chit-chat so far this hour or last hour, then you just know that you are always can always find it on the podcast. Yeah, you can. When does it get posted? Pretty quick? Uh, yeah, we kind of post. Yeah, we post pretty much later in the day. And then, you know, on Wednesdays, we, t- we post additional, uh, you know, content, as we like to call it. So last week, I went after the show on a burger crawl with for charity and I went with a couple of uh, a couple of docs and end up they were doctors <laughs> and uh, you know we went to three places and we talked god we had such good conversations about just health and healthcare and and eating and I mean it was really interesting but we recorded at the last place and we talked a little bit about like how they see burger eating in the Twin Cities so wow it's kind of fun because we're always listening about what I think about burger eating so it was nice to hear their perspective that's a really good with doctors I know over with docs. doctors talking health over burgers I yeah, like this I know I know <laughs> Hey, we do have a call on the line that we might as well just take quickly. We have Annie. She says you've got something about a, a, a soup pack. Ooh, hi, Annie. Pack. What do you got? I love your show, girls. I'm so excited. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a soup addict as well. And now that we're going into fall, like, I take a lot of my soups and I make big batches and I freeze them. But so often I'm looking at the soup and the rest, vegetables and the whole thing. And I say, like, oh, what a pain. Go to your local salad bar. Get your chopped onions, get your chopped celery, and then you just have to go home and throw in the pot. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's totally a great hack. That is a great hack. If you just don't want to do all the chopping. Yeah. That's a great idea. That's quick. Yep, then you can whip up that soup in no time. Yeah, that's really true. Good Well hack. done, can, Annie. Thank you. You can also buy like the, Mir- buy the Mirepoix Frozen. Yeah. I mean, you can buy it frozen or you can buy it already pre-chopped and... I mean, it doesn't take that long to chop celery, carrots, and onion, but I get it. If it's like, if, if it's th- a quick thing that you need to just kind of throw together, and to if that's make what's it holding you back from making it, yeah, they have, and I think uh, Lunds and Byerly's has like their whole little section where they've already zoodled your zucchini, they've already chopped your, yeah, they have that prepped is already cut up. Yeah, I think that's, and I have. When I had to make a quick lasagna for a friend, like I grabbed the squash that was already planked. And I mean, I know that's only going to take me a few minutes, but it was so much easier just to go boom, 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 quick. Yeah. yeah. 
So why not? I totally get it. Way to go. Yeah. yeah Whatever nice gets job, you to Amy. just put the stuff in the pot. Exactly. That's the key part. Do All it. right. So let's talk about a couple things because I know that we had had a couple. Um, uh, we've been talking about like condiments. And the funny thing was Hanson was supposed to all summer. Her whole thing was like, I'm going to talk about condiments that I make for my veggies. She didn't. And that's fine because that's that's us. Like, that's what we do. Right. <laughs> but one of the things that uh, came out of having Meredith Deeds on the show, she was talking about her Lao Gan Ma crisp spicy chili. Ooh. Spicy crisp chili sauce. And okay. you can buy that. But we were talking about, and that made me think about, I was doing a Szechuan oil that I made out of Alison Roman's book. And kind of all these little sauces and condiments that you can add that like in my potato soup moment, having the tagine next to me and giving that a boost was like revelatory. So I feel like if we do this better and more, this is something we can do. And tell me, and you said there's a thing that you were excited about. Yes. Okay. So there's a spice mix that is Ethiopian and it's called Bear Bear. Mm-hmm. And I have to give a huge shout out to Chef Lachelle Cunningham Love of Shell's Kitchen. So Lachelle is a gem and an amazing chef. And she was on Twin Cities Live and she made this African autumn sunflower curry. <sighs> I was following the counter <laughs> to keep eating bites of it. Steve yeah. was taking the chicken and just mowing down on a chicken leg in the break yeah, because it was so good. But the key was, so she made this wonderful curry with these roasted vegetables that was just fabulous. But she used um, what made it different from, you know, like a Thai curry or an Indian curry is it's an African curry because of this African spice blend that she yeah. used, which is called Bear Bear. So it's Bear Bear spice. And she used it in combination with curry powder in the in the actual curry sauce. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then she used it on the chicken that she grilled. But you could pan fry the chicken with the spice. You can do whatever. So. This got me like down this bear bear rabbit hole. And I was like, Michelle, who are you and why have you come into my life? It's because you want to share this goodness with me. So bear bear is a chili and spice blend that's using used to season a lot of Ethiopian dishes. Um, it can be kind of hard to find bear bear. So I found a recipe that we'll post for you from Epicurious that has all of the ingredients. And essentially it's fenugreek. Side note for nursing mamas, that's really good for you. Yep. Um, dried New Mexico chilies, paprika, ginger, onion, cardamom, coriander, nutmeg, garlic powder, cloves, cinnamon, and allspice. My God. So all those things, which, I mean, are so wonderful on their own, combine to make this spice blend. So you could make yourself, you could, I mean, I'm sure you have probably almost all of those spices yeah, in say, your I cabinet. literally have them all together. Have them all right now. And then mix up in a, you know, a cute little weck jar or something and then label it your bear bear spice. And you use this to put on um, chicken or in all these different things. You can blend it all up in a spice grinder. And Steph, on this chicken, it, and she used it and then grilled the chicken. You can still grill it. But yeah. you can also just cook it in a cast iron skillet or yeah. whatever you want to do. And then she put it in this curry. But I can imagine using it, eating it just plain with, you know, just vegetables on the side, whatever you want to do. This bear bear spice is unbelievably good and it's like addicting it just keeps you wanting to come back for more and it's complex and it's fabulous well i mean right and it's just sort of i i love the aspect that it is 
things that you know and putting them together yeah. into a space. But the fenugreek is one of those, like, I haven't really used... I have it. I know it. I yeah. see it. But I haven't used it very much. But. And it was really great. If you want to do a twist on a curry, I mean, you're essentially doing, like, a classic coconut milk curry, but you cut the curry powder, yeah. like, traditional curry powder mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. bear, bear, bear spice. And it was just unreal. So anyway, Lachelle Cunningham, she got me going on Bear Bear Spice. And then I'm starting to think about like Ethiopian food and what have I been missing? And I, I know, know there's some great Ethiopian restaurants in there town are. too. There are. And you have to, you should go and just sort of like eat around. Like oh, that would be a thing that I would say to people is that you have uh, a lot of people get scared of like, well, I don't know what it's going to be. And I don't know. I'm gonna, I don't want to look like an idiot and not know how to order. Mm-hmm. Please. Look like an idiot. Yeah, Go. totally. And well, feel cool free thing, to look like an and, idiot. And, you know, I went to Africa a couple of years ago. And I mean, obviously, this is an obvious statement. Africa, very large continent. So there's <laughs> so much different, you know, there's so much different regional cuisine. Yes. And there are so many different things in different places. And we're lucky to have some cool restaurants um, here. And in fact, I will tell you, if you're looking for a good, uh, a, a good Ethiopian restaurant, is Qatar, K-A-T-A-R. Yeah, Qatar. And that's over on Minnehaha Avenue. And they, I, I remember I have a couple friends who love that place. They, that's really great. Um, and then I think Red Sea is, Red Sea still open? I guess so. Yeah. It's over, uh, you know, Red Sea is in Minneapolis. Um, and of course, my favorite is, is Fasica. Oh, great. And that's in St. Paul. Cool. That's right off of, uh, university, I believe. Um, yeah, that's not too far. Or Snelling. It's 510 Snelling. And it is, Fasica is one of my favorite places. That's actually a place where I learned a lot about, you know, eating with the, your hands or, mm. you know, ordering off the injera bread and, and all the kind of wrapping things and eating beautifully. Oh, I, man, I this, love it. This Qatar uh, menu looks fantastic. I know, I know. I wonder if there's some bear bear going on there. There's oh, gotta I, be. 100% there is. Oh, sure. 100%. Good. So yeah. adding some little spicy sauces or condiments and things like that and having those ready to go. Oh, wait. Chris is on the line who knows where to find Bear Bear. Oh, great. Chris, what do you know? Chris, where do you get it? Oh, hey, Penzies. Penzies has Bear Bear. Yeah, they have Bear Bear. Yeah, you can order it online. You can pick it up at the store. It's awesome. Yeah. Fabulous. Well done, Chris. Penzies, they do have good Woo! spice blends. That's really great. Okay, so get, get some Bear Bear and try it out. It was like a real life changer for me. Okay, there it is. Also, you guys, we're going to take a quick break, but a couple other things besides that crisp chili sauce, we were, you know, sambal and gojujang. If you don't have some gojujang in your fridge, which is, you know, the Korean, um, the Korean paste, it is beautiful. It's like a Korean chili garlic, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Just, oh God, it's so good. Like, that's a kind of good thing. Just it you know like throw it into your like again your potato soup if you want you know we put it into ramen when we're making ramen yeah. and then you just stir it in there when you put the noodles in perfect basically when you're making ramen just look in your fridge yeah and put all of it in everything in all your of fridge. the like condiments that are in the side unless it's ketchup <laughs> put it in. i love it we're gonna take a quick break you guys will be right back this is the weekly dish Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese today. Hi, friend. Thanks for having me. It's been so fun to fill in the last couple of weeks. This is great. And I woke up this morning feeling like Santa was coming because my kitchen is going to be open for business this afternoon. Open I'm for business. Moving I love that. things in. Yeah. And um, I'm just so excited about it. So I was like beyond thrilled to get to come and hang out with you, talk food, and then it get to go home and load it in and get it set and then just start firing things up. And I'm glad that you're going to like 
cooking it right away. Of course, it's not like you've built this kitchen for looks. You oh, know what no. I mean? But like, that's the thing is like, I, God, I remember Jake, we were at his, one of his little buddy's house. They had just moved in all their stuff to their brand new house. They'd built this gorgeous, this gorgeous kitchen. And, and I just, it was like one of those moments where Jake was holding like a, like a soda of yeah. some sort, like a Diet Coke or something. And he, he did something where he dropped it and it landed on its bottom and it shot. <sighs> Coca-Cola everywhere, all over their brand new kitchen. And I sat there and I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, my God. And she was totally like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's a kitchen. It's like a kitchen. It was made to be We're going to cook in. in the kitchen. This is why I didn't do marble countertops is because I knew that I'm a cook and I can't be terrified of lemon sitting no. out somewhere no. or like a red sauce splattering. It just, right. you know, you have to think a lot about if you're going to cook, how you're going to function. And listen, I love marble countertops. They're so beautiful. My mom has them in her house, but she's also really not so when you get lemons out. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, really? See, yeah. I don't want to be, I want to be free. I just want to be free. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about a couple things that are happening in the restaurant world. We were going to talk about restoration hardware, which you did not go to. I didn't get to go. No, I was, um, it was Thursday. You were like one of the only people who were there. Apparently, the entire town was at the new RH opening. So this is really interesting. And and it's funny because I actually got some things. I got drawer pulls um, and one light fixture and my bathroom vanity and my new remodel from Restoration Hardware. So I've been in the store at Galleria recently. Right. But this is the one. It's its own building outside of Southdale. They have built on two acres. Whoa. A giant palatial building it's a three-story complex it is it is their flagship uh the ceo you know he was there and i ended up chatting with him for a hot second before he was heading downstairs and he said and i was uh my colleague adam platt from twin cities business was there as well and he said he said is it wise and he's like to, to build this kind of a thing in this market he's like is retail doing that well and he said that the edina store was one of the their best performing stores in the country Boy, I know. So I the gallery store, bit to that this year. yeah, right. So the yeah. gallery store was doing so well that they decided to turn to invest in in this community. And so are they going to gonna of, close the gallery store? Yeah, they're mm-hmm. going to close the gallery mm-hmm. store, and it'll all move to the Southdale. Plus, they have their outlet at West End, right? Right. Which I haven't been to. Either. I haven't either. But this one is this is I mean this is a design center kind of idea. Like you walk in on the first floor, there's galleries, there's room setups, and these galleries, and it just goes on and on, and it's. It's like it feels like you're in like some sort of palatial home. So the thing that we know about retail is that in order for it to succeed now, it has to be an experience. And so that means that you're bringing in experiential elements like a restaurant. So there's a restaurant. So you go up to the third floor and then it is the rooftop. It's a rooftop restaurant. Listen, the photos I saw that people were posting, I was like, what in the heck? Where? Are you people? And so do they have others like this in the country? Yes. This is the seventh one. Seventh one. So, But this is the funny thing to me, too. The others are in like, you know, there's Chicago, but then there's downtown Manhattan, you know, and San Francisco and all these very urban centers. And then this one they're calling Minneapolis, but it's Edina. Yeah. You know, but I think it's kind of I think it's kind of perfect. It just you walk upstairs and you walk into this space and it's just it's a glassed in roof. It feels like a little greenhouse atrium. Wow. And they've got trees. You know, they're going to have real trees, but right now they're not. And then there's but there's greenery everywhere. There's a fountain in the middle. And so we were there. Around, I went again last night at like six o'clock and 
uh, they opened the doors, you know, they o- the folded back the glass yeah, wall yeah. and it was the sunset and the beauty and it was open air and you're high up enough so that you're not really getting bugs or anything. You know, they probably felt like they got a steal of a deal on that land yeah. compared to what they paid in other places. Yeah. Um, so as far as the food goes, I read from people who were posting that they'd been there. I had a f- uh, friend on Instagram post that they ordered a burger and a salad and it was nothing that they would come back for, but that they totally got that it was like the first couple nights. And so it would be definitely a place that they want to come back that going for the experience is so worth it. And that they, they were hopeful that the food would improve. Yeah. And I don't think that they, I I, I don't think that they did any training in the restaurant really. I mean, I think that they're just starting, you know what I mean? So I think instead of it being, you thinking of it as like, okay, you know, chef works really hard to develop this really intense menu. I think that they kind of plucked the menu from Chicago and put it here and wanted to open and kind of get rolling with it. Yeah. Um, and so, because I would agree that there wasn't anything that I was overwhelmed with, you know, but again, it was a moment of like, Let's just see how it all goes. I would literally go back up there and drink wine and eat cheese and meat, which is like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like yeah. prosciutto and cheese is oh, they're going to do that well. Sure. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's wonderful. And I like the fact that the idea is like you grab a glass of wine, maybe and you walk around the store and you have a, you know, while you're looking for your in shopping, definitely spend more money. If you've had a glass Think of wine about that, right. There's so like, a, and there's the only price tags on the light fixtures start yeah. to feel a little bit more under control. When <laughs> you start to, your inhibitions kind of go, I mean, like this you know like I a 200 dollar mirror is not that much yeah there's a lot um i i there are a lot of things at restoration hardware that i really love i mean i picked a few things for my new space and i think when you go in there it feels it does feel nice yeah it well, and feels nice. It so, has its own aesthetic, so I like to mix it with other things. Yeah, I wouldn't do a whole right. RH house, but, but you would. But you would be surprised by some of the stuff maybe that they've sort of brought I'm excited. in there. Yeah, I would go look at it for sure, and I would go get a glass of wine. The one thing I will tell you is that their whole idea, because I had said, why does a restaurant want to get into the hospitality industry? Because those are, two, or why does a furniture store want to get in hospitality? And they, sure. You know, their ethos was that we are trying to, we don't want to sell product. We want to sell spaces and, and environments. And part of that is that hospitality brings those together. I like that idea. It's a smart idea. Like, I like the it. ethos is there. Let's hope that their execution works too. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you, there is something different about the way that you treat people in um, a restaurant situation versus furniture, but they are, the retail, they were all, there was a lot of people there, a lot of workers there who were like, hi, how can I help you? Would you like to know anything about there? Do you have any questions? Well, you know who's the originator of this whole idea with furniture is Ikea. Yeah. I mean, Ikea has been doing this for decades and they're wildly successful. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it's a wholly different price point, but Ikea has its Ikea design aesthetic and they do a beautiful job of showing you. I mean, when you go into Ikea, do you not feel like I could live oh. in 200 square feet? I yeah. could totally do yeah. this. I love this. I love this sort of minimalist mm-hmm. look. And Ikea inspires you to want to live the type of life that they're selling. And that is so smart. Uh-huh. And so this is exactly what Restoration Hardware is trying to emulate, but with its own design aesthetic and its own perspective. It is it is like, it's an Ikea mindset yeah. just move to an rh perspective yeah no it's true 
It's and so true. that's why when you think about what the blueprint for success is and why would they have food and why would they have this stuff? Why would they have like an experience like Ikea has the kids play place? I mean, it's just a yeah, different it is, it perspective. Is. Well, and I think about retail has to do something because people aren't shopping in spaces anymore. Well, they don't shop unless it's worth it to go. Yeah, to go. If it's worth the trip, then yeah. they go and they're mm-hmm. doing great because but, you'll find certain stores that are crushing it because they make it a fun experience to mm-hmm. go there. It's no longer, it has to be more than transactional. 100%. That's the deal. And especially when you're doing high buck stuff, you got to think it's got to be more than transactional. Oh, it makes me miss Dayton's. I know. I miss I know. you, Dayton's. Dayton's. Uh, okay, quickly, <laughs> I'm just going to mention one other thing because then we got to take a quick break. But there is a new place opening next week, I think, in the North Loop called Three Jack. Tell me. And this is an interesting space. This is, it's a golf, it's like a game bar. But it's golf. It's simulated. It's like they have golf simulators. So it's like top golf, but indoor and with better food and drink. I am planning a date night with Jay I Reimers. I was exactly thinking that this was going to be your jam because you can play darts too. Like with the golf simulator, there's like you can play bags, you can play darts, you can play all sorts of fun games. It's a big fluid screen that you smack the golf ball. Okay, at. I am. T- no one tell him that I'm going to do this. I'm going to book a babysitter and I'm going to do a surprise destination and take him there. Do it. Do it. And also, here's the best part. Will you, guys. you meet us there? Dates are more fun if you're there. Yes, I know. <laughs> Everyone knows this. Um, I will tell you that it's got a parking ramp in the North Loop. Hello. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah. Ooh, this place looks cool. Yeah. These photos and are fab. I love this navy blue wall. I know. It's real good. And Robert Wolfiel, who was at the Ocean Air Forever, was also at Mercury. He's the, he's the chef. He's creating some really craveable, fun food that he understands has to have good ingredients and good technique, but can be still be burgers and nachos and stuff like that. Three Jack. Guys, this is worth driving. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I know it's been so, like, gorgeous outside. I'm sure that you were, like, you know, chomping at the bit to get out there. It's so so nice. If you've been hanging, we love that. Yeah, if you're, like, streaming it on mytalk1071.com as you're out for a walk or, you know, cruising to the farmer's market, figuring out what you're going to be cooking this weekend, it is just a beautiful (sighs) time time to be out and about in the kitchen. It is a good time for it. Hey, I want to shout out to uh, something that's kind of sad, but also kind of good. Kitchen in the Market is closing. I know. And that's a thing, because, you know, Molly's often a a co-host on the show, and she... Is uh, has just decided that after about a dozen years of doing it, it's kind of time for her to move on to something else. Yeah. So, and I applaud that because the kitchen has been so great and done so many good things in the city. Totally. And it's been just a spot, you know what I mean? And we were there last night singing karaoke, actually, oh. to uh, to sort of send off Michael, who is going to be a foodie in the Edina Lunds and Barley store. Wow. So that'll be great for him. But we, you know, just sort of having those moments of knowing and thinking about all the good food that has come out of interactions, you know what I mean? And and people coming for classes and everything else. Yeah, and hosting book launches. I mean, all sorts of things. So it really is things. a great spot to bring people together. Those Chef's Night Off oh, events are the most They were fun. the best thing ever. They were they were uh, they they were amazing. Yeah. And I will tell you that we are still having our cookbook swap there. So they're not closing until December. So October 12th, we are still having cookbook swap there. I just want to make sure everybody knows you can buy tickets, sign up, bring your cookbooks and you can walk away with better cookbooks. However you want to do it. 
It's all about transfer of ownership. Remember this. <laughs> Cleaning out your stuff is key for that. But that's happening October 12th. But while you're there, it'll be your moment to sort of take it all in, I think. Yeah. So that's good. Everything, you know, there's a season for everything. Time and tide, man. Well, Time lots of love to tide. Molly. And I'm sure whatever endeavor she takes on next, she'll be wildly successful. Oh, of course. She's a joy. Yeah, exactly. So um, some other things going on. By the way, are you going to do any October festing at all, you think? Well, I had pretzels with you on Twin Cities Live. That's I'm going to see. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That I have some friends it. who actually went to Munich and um, we Whoa. had the opportunity to go and yeah. couldn't make it happen. And that was kind of a bummer. Maybe next year. Yeah. Um, but it does feel like Oktoberfest time. I drink Oktoberfest beer. Yeah. Does that, that count? That Even does just count. having an Oktoberfest beer? I think it does. Okay. I know. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, this weekend it is just packed. You know, there's a lot of fun things like obviously Black Forest Inn launched their 10 days of Oktoberfesting. Which they always have the best nights. They have like Wurst night, of course, where you can go and get Wurst. <laughs> but they have Schnapps night. And then Fun. they have, you know, things like uh, Dumpling night. I love that they have Sturm und Drang night, which is basically anxiety night. Because <laughs> Germans have angst. <laughs> we kind of own it. Yeah, that's fair. But there's also fun stuff like Schwanttoberfest at Bauhaus Brewing that's happening. And then Baja House out in Wyzetta, you know, Billy, our favorite, you know, guy out there, he's doing talk, Tacober. He's doing tacos for Oktoberfest. Great. <laughs> yeah, Tacoberfest. Isn't that funny? That's really good. I love, let's just, it's basically like get into a parking lot and have a party. <laughs> However you need to make that happen. Speaking of that side of town, I went to Red Sauce Rebellion recently <laughs> in um, Excelsior. Oh, yeah. Eli Wallenzine's spot. I really enjoyed it. It yeah. was lovely. Like it's the fun. food was great. And that basement space is so cool. I know. We met some friends who live in Chanhassen and we just zipped, you know, just down the street to Red Sauce Rebellion. And I hadn't been out there. And I just think Eli is one of the nicest guys guys in the business he is and he owns he, coalition as well coalition if you know edina and excelsior have coalitions yeah and he is really just like a great person he is and he's one of those undersung chefs where he doesn't need to go out and create like things that will blow your mind he just wants to feed you feed you and feed and you, feed you well and the pizza that he makes in these cast iron skillets i love the cast iron skillet it's sort pizzas. of like a hybrid of a deep dish and a not deep dish yeah. uh-huh. and so it's so satisfying and the pastas that we had there were fantastic oh, good good we just really really enjoyed it i did have a manhattan at the end of the night which was probably not the best decision at the end of the um, night but you know listen we took an uber out there i mean there you guys you only cost you like 78 dollars probably yeah. that's fine it was a spendy uber that's totally fine <laughs> um, I think this is the last weekend for Renfest. I don't know for sure, but now I got to look it up. But I, I get think, a giant turkey leg because I, I, I know. And, and here's the deal, you guys. It is not. Don't don't think that you're going to go in the middle of the day and not and be able to just pop in because the lines for the cars to get in. It's kind of ridiculous. It goes wow. all the way out onto Highway 41. God, I know it's not. So what I'm saying is, if you are, um, if you're thinking about going, either go super early or. You know, maybe, but don't go at the end of the day either because then they're out of turkey. They're, they're out having of turkey an Oktoberfest today. They are. It looks so like. So it's a lot of fun. And they have like sauerkraut eating contests. They have wife carry, the wife carry <laughs> <laughs> competition. <laughs> Always really important. So here's something that's happening tonight that I'm kind of excited about because we've talked about the, the dinner in white, right? Do you remember this? Yes. In summer? Yes. The big giant pop up that happens. You know, where everyone kind of flash mobs in with dinner setups and everyone wears white and it's this beautiful event. Well, our friend Jametta, who you uh, have were on last time she was on with us, yep. Raspberry, she's a chef. She has kind of spearheaded 
a group to do dinner and noir. Wow. Dinner in black. Dinner in black. And so perfect for the fall, right? Also perfect for my wardrobe. Way better than dinner in white. Agreed. Um, and so what they're doing is tonight they are having a pop-up flash mob type dinner set up. Great. So you can you can basically join the group, which you know, I'll put a link up on the uh, the, the show page. And but you can basically at five o'clock they're gonna announce where it is. And then you have to kind of get your stuff together and go. But you bring a table, you bring like a black tablecloth, you bring, you know, your food, your plateware, your candelabra or whatever you wanted to make it fancy. You wear all black and you link up tables so that you're all in this big, long line together. Will it be indoors or outdoors? It's outdoors. Outdoors. So dress accordingly. Yeah. So dress accordingly. It is a whatever the weather occasion. Yeah. Rain or shine. They move forward. It's a um, chef curated four course dinner. Well, that you there's some of them. Uh, Jametta's is you can... Uh, there's pe- there's tables. People have already auctioned or put out that you can join their table, but basically you can just go on yourself. Great. And you bring your own food and you do whatever you want. So you bring something to eat, something to drink, and you start at six. And everything that you bring in, you got to le- you know take out. But so a couple people have set up tables and they said, you can just come sit at our table. Oh. So they're doing maybe a four course dinner at one table, but then another table may be doing like, you know, kind of like a, a soup, you know, and, and something. Sounds like they have a dinner and noir Facebook group. Yes. So you can join the group and then that's how you stay up to the minute on when the group releases the location. Yes. So at 5 p.m. today, they're going to release the location and then you got to kind of scoot it up there. Look at that. I know. I'm kind of excited to go. Maybe if I can drive by it, I might want to just snap some pictures of it. What's going on? Fun episode today. Okay. That was it, kids. Hopefully you guys are having a great day and thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. So much fun. Everybody, I want pictures of the carbonara and the kitchen. They'll be posted. Posted it up. All right, everybody. (laughs) Ciao, ciao. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.